G'day and welcome to the latest episode of the Silver Bullet Podcast. This podcast chats to business founders, CEOs, startups and everything in between, trying to work out what people do differently to succeed in their business or finding out their silver bullet for success. This week we're chatting with two of the founders of New Zealand-based company First AML. First AML streamlines the anti-money laundering onboarding and compliance process. It's backed by real expertise and its cloud-based KYC passport allows complex entities to share their verification across multiple companies and geographies. On this episode, I chat with Chris Kygo and Milan Cooper about how they've succeeded in business so far, their inspiration behind starting up the company, including the slow pace with which large corporates operate, and the importance of recruiting the right people for scaling your business. Milan and Chris, thanks so much for joining me today on the Silver Bullet Podcast. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. So to start with, with you, Chris, um, tell me a bit about First AML and and what's the elevator pitch for for anyone that might not be familiar with the company. So uh, we specialize in um, customer due diligence or or know your customer. Um, And so what we do is we really streamline uh, the complex side of customer onboarding. So in particular, trusts and complex entities, uh, you know, companies and, and partnerships with complex beneficial owner structures. Um, and so we, what we really do is we streamline the heavy administrative burden um, using some really nice um, technology that we've built. Um, and I think the real um, golden goose egg here is we have over time built up this network effect. And so what that is, is it reduces the repetitive nature of customers having to do this. So that's in uh, financial institutions, legal, real estate, and accounting. Um, so in Australia, it's just financial institutions at the moment, um, but in New Zealand and the UK, other markets we operate in, it's uh, accounting, real estate, um, and law as well. So essentially, once a customer is verified, um, they can then sit inside the ecosystem with our KYC passport, and then the time to uh, complete that process is sort of instantaneous, sort of every every time after that. Yeah, fantastic. And and Milan, can you maybe just give me a bit of a rundown? What's the state of play with the industry at the moment? And and what was the state of play when you founded the company? And I guess the gaps that you saw that you thought you could solve with First AML? Yeah, so um, we're, we're in this anti-money laundering space. Um, and when we first started the business, um, and to be honest, still to this day, there's a lot of very antiquated processes being employed to um, to onboard customers and and fulfill these AML obligations uh, like like Chris described, and so um, there is a you know there is a bit of a wave of of new technology companies popping up now to help address these problems, um, but yeah, when we started the business, um, we were in uh, really in the right place at the right time because there was a lot of paper based manual processes happening in the market, and um, it was also uh, Fortunate timing for us because New Zealand had introduced uh, what's known as Tranche Two of the AML legislation, which um, which brought um, law, accounting, and real estate firms into the regime. And so we had um, you know a bunch of bunch of new customers looking for a solution to the problem. Yeah, and and. I think the majority of listeners to this podcast most likely in Australia, but we do have listeners in New Zealand as well. What's the difference between how the how the systems operate and how you guys have to operate across both markets? 
Yeah, so um, Chris alluded to this, but uh, First AML is unique in that it is broader in scope to other systems in the market. So we can onboard any type of customer entity which is looking to open an account at a financial institution or a law firm, et cetera. So whether it's a trust, a company, a Cayman Islands structure, whatever it is, we can onboard it. Um, most of the other uh, players in this market are focusing on narrower steps in the KYC process. So it might just be the identity verification step, or it might just be the document storage step. Um, we have broader scope than that, and we can um, uh, market ourselves as a genuine end-to-end solution. Yeah, definitely. And we'll jump back into into a bit more about First AML in a little bit. But I just wanted to go back and, and chat a little bit about your backgrounds in business and, and your careers to date. Uh, Chris, maybe starting with you, can you tell us a bit about your background and and, and your career path that took you to the point of, of founding this, this company um, in 2017? Yeah, it's interesting, right? I'm, I think I would have never have guessed that I would have started a, a, a technology business focused on solving this particular problem. And it's funny where you find yourself. Um, we sort of, um, I was working in banking, so I'd just come back from London. I'd done a master's in London um, and, and I found my first job in corporate banking. Um, and, and pretty quickly sort of realized that there was a real broken system for onboarding our customers. A big part of my job was onboarding large groups. And so there might be, you know, four or five companies, three trusts, and maybe sort of 10 directors across all of those different businesses. And what actually became apparent to myself and actually Beyond, so Beyond, our our, our third co-founder was the one that actually came up to me and said, this is broken, man, we need to fix this, Um, was that deals were being slowed down, if, if not only slowed down, actually lost. Because customers were just getting to the point where they're like, man, I, I don't want to have to just, this information is just so onerous and the way that we're having to deliver this is so insecure and, and I don't like handing over all this sensitive information for our email. So we kind of, we kind of saw that as an opportunity um, to um, jump in and build some technology to try and streamline a lot. And so, again, we weren't AML, um, sort of back AML specialists. We, were, we felt the actual commercial problem as portfolio managers and so we approached this from a customer experience point of view. Um, and obviously, we were learned a lot along the way about the legislation, but we really felt that problem. So we feel our customers' problem. We've felt it. So we've, we've been in their shoes. And so that's what we're really passionate about is solving those customer problems. Yeah. And, and obviously, that piece around, you know, the, the ease of which consumers can can take part and sign up for financial institutions and, and share their data is is quite an, quite an interesting topic and something that's in the media quite a lot at the moment. Uh, w- when you came across that problem back then, were you surprised that something like this didn't already exist to sort of try and fix that? Or, or do you feel like, you know, these sorts of, I guess, data and customer issues are sort of, there's quite a few of them in the industry? I mean, personally, I was really surprised. Um, I think once I actually, we brought Melon into the fold um, after Beyond and had sort of said to me, man, we need to fix this. And we, all three of us started really, drilling into the industry instead of thinking there's got to be someone or some company trying to solve this. And what we realized is there was a lot of really commoditized products like, you know, an EIV only solution or an AML platform, but there was nothing doing the complex um, entity resolution work. And I think it was just because it's really hard. It's a really hard problem to solve, you know? Um, and so we've put a lot of time and energy into this. Um, so yeah, at, at the end of the day, we were surprised to see that there wasn't anything genuinely like this out there in the market. Yeah, and and also I guess 
to your career, you talk about working in banking before before the company. I guess what were the key learnings and experiences that you observed from working with with larger business, being a smaller player in larger business, that you've tried to bring into this company to to I guess instill in in the culture or the business practices, or or maybe not instill and go away from from things that you'd experienced in the past. I think it's mainly going away from things, to be honest. Um, I think what you learn in large corporates is you can't move quickly. You start with a no. Um, and, and you, you, you hear a lot of, this is just the way things are done. Don't ask questions. Don't rock the boat. You get that sort of stuff or, or, or you get these disingenuous things from management saying, oh, you know, let us know if you got feedback and you get feedback and it gets lost. And so what we wanted to sort of create a culture in our company was, you know, let's move quickly. Let's be agile. And I think actually, Moen, maybe you can talk to us. We have a new value called Mount the Curb, <laughs> which has got an yeah. interesting story to it. Moen, maybe you can talk to that. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I guess just to, to build on upon what Chris has said, you know, we, I think we started this, this business because, uh, in, including Beyond as the third founder here, because um, we were a little bit frustrated with the pace at which corporate, large corporates um, moved and, you know, and we didn't want to control our own destiny career-wise more. And um, I think we all had, um, you know, entrepreneurial ambition. So, um so that was one of the motivators to to get a business off the ground in, in the early days, um, but yeah, like like Chris says, we 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 have actually rolled out um, some values recently in our business, which sort of um, refer back more to those early days of hustle and um, moving at pace and you know taking calculated risks. And um, one one example is is the mount the curb value that Chris just mentioned. Um, it's a metaphor that we use for, you know, getting around um, a queue of traffic. You know, if there's a way just to put a couple of wheels up on the curb and, and um, without risking any pedestrians and just get around that traffic, then, hey, that's what we want to do because we're trying to build a, a really amazing business here and it's going to take, uh, take speed and it's going to take, you know, um, a, a small amount of, of risk taking if appropriate. Yeah, definitely. And 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 how have you found it? Um, I guess starting a starting a company from scratch, building a culture from scratch, um, going through I guess the hiring processes and just making sure that you know you're getting like minded people. I mean, how challenging was that? And and how have you found that experience? Yeah, so um, it's it's really challenging. Actually, is the short answer. Um, it was much easier, we found, in the early days when um, we were, you know, less than 20 people and all sitting in one room, uh, more or less around the same table. And um, it was very easy to communicate with one another. And and the employees we'd hired had direct exposure to the founders. And, and so the culture um, could be instilled, like, very directly. Um, we found scaling from 30 to 160 people um, more difficult to hold on to um, some of those, you know, s- some of those aspects, and it's just a nature of, you know, the organisation getting larger, the communication, um, you know, layers becoming more complex, and um, I think it's been, you know, it's been an interesting thing to experience, and um, we've learned a lot about about building culture through that journey. Yeah, definitely. And and Milan, if you just wouldn't mind going back and sort of giving a bit of a rundown of your career up to the point and how you got involved with the company and and I guess yeah, sort of same question as as I put to Chris earlier. What, what were the things that you you learnt from your career before now that that you've either really wanted to replicate or not wanted to replicate in in first AML? 
Yeah, so um, my career before was in uh, strategy consulting. And so I was helping uh, large mature organizations perform better or grow or, or, or streamline processes, et cetera. And um, I always thought, oh, I'd love to, you know, it's nice helping clients, but I'd kind of love to do this for myself and for a business I started. And so uh, I was doing that in London. I returned to New Zealand and um, it was actually um, just serendipity that I bumped into Chris at the gym and Chris and I were uh, old sort of high school acquaintances and, um, and we got talking and, and, you know, ended up catching up for a beer uh, and, and met Beyond as well. So that's, that's kind of um, how it all got started. And it's, it's quite interesting really that, um, you know, we wouldn't be here today without that sort of chance meeting uh, between Chris and I at the gym, uh, which is, which is kind of cool. Um, in terms of what I brought from my previous career, I mean, I, I went through the sort of um, the Bain and Company um, school of business, which is, um, you know, one of the one of sort of the, the consulting firms that are really focused on um, applying structure and logic and sound reasoning to making decisions and, and communicating well. And I think that's what I've brought into the business is, is um, you know, trying to make sure we set up good structures and that are, that are scalable and, you know, we... Um, we approach problems in, 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 in a way that they can be broken down into smaller parts. And that kind of consulting toolkit has, um, has I think, served me quite well in entrepreneurship as well. Yeah, for sure. And and this is a question, I guess, to, to either of you, but um, it's interesting that you talk about, I guess, uh, corporates moving quite slowly and, and, and this being I guess, essentially a novel concept at the time when you started the company. Um, Chris, you mentioned you couldn't believe that something like this didn't exist. How, how's it gone in terms of um, bringing people on board, getting them on board, I guess, uh, showing them the need to have something like this in their businesses? Was that, was that challenging at the start, sort of convincing people of the need for the proposition? I, um, it's an interesting question, actually. Ahead, I think <laughs> so. I think to start with, actually, everyone everyone knew there was a problem, right? So everyone knows that the onboarding process was was broken. We, we had an interesting, I think we were quite opportunistic in the timing that we started the business. So we timed it so that we knew the legislation was changing in July 2018 for lawyers, accountants, real estate agencies, or what we call tranche two here in New Zealand. And so that we knew that there would be a whole cohort of people looking for a solution, whether that's doing it themselves to try and internally train or some other solution like ourselves. So we I think we're quite optimist, op- opportunistic in the timing and when we kind of went and started talking to these customers. So they were what we call shields down, willing to kind of hear some ideas. I think to start with, it was quite tricky because what you're trying to do is it's a, it's, a, it's a real integral part of a customer's business. You know, we're going in there and we're dealing with their customers. We're asking their customers for sensitive documentation. And, and so there's a real trust element there. And so when we went in there, you know, with our, with our name and our pitch deck and our logo and our process... No one knew who we were. So it, it, it kind of took a leap of faith from, from one pretty well-known um, law firm that after you know, pitching to probably 50 or 60 different companies, um, it took a bit of a leap of faith from, for one company to say, you know what, I really like what you guys are doing. I, I think you guys are on something here and I believe in what you're doing. And they signed up with us. And I think off the back of that, what we built is a bit of social proof. And then we signed someone else up. And then off the back of that, we kind of got this snowball effect going. So I think pretty quickly people knew the solution we had was really valuable. Um, the hard thing was actually just that social proof to start with. Um, but now, now we've got that in spades, which is, which is great. Makes selling a bit easier. 
Yeah, for sure. And and I guess just reflecting back on the last couple of years, what sort of impact, if any, did did COVID have on you? Did you find clients wanted to sort of wind back on your services or, or, or were they all pretty sold on it? Were, was it harder to bring on new business over that time? Maybe I might throw that one to you, Milan. Yeah, it was kind of a um, bit of a, a mixed um, result, both positive and negative for us. Positive in terms of... Um, um, what we are what we are providing as a solution is a means of onboarding digitally, and of course during the pandemic um, you couldn't walk into uh, a firm and and hand over your passport and and, and um, prove your identity that way. So uh, customers were looking for digital solutions, so so that worked in our favour. Um, uh, sort of I guess on on the negative side, it's also just been harder to. You know, get out and build relationships with with customers and meet them face to face and shake their hand and you know that's that's a uh, you know important part of B two B selling. Um, so perhaps that ha- ha- had a bit of um, you know sort of a negative aspect of the pandemic. Although you know, um, quite quite definitely, sort of the world has changed and a lot of sales meetings now occur over Zoom. Yeah, of course. And and did did COVID have I guess any impact on on you growing, you know, your employee base, and and also I guess that just sort of lends into to my next question is is I guess how have you tackled looking to grow the company? Have, have you set yourself goals for it, or has growth been largely organic over the last few years? Yeah, um, it has been largely organic. I mean, we are venture capital funded, and so we've been able to fund our our growth, um, you know, through through that capital, and so that's been great. Um, but yeah, we've, we've just tried to grow in line with, um, what's appropriate for, um, you know, the, the customers we're serving and the product we want to build and, um, you know, the new customers we want to sign up. So we've just, um, yeah, attempted to, to, to manage that in a, uh, in, in the appropriate way. Yeah, and just looping back on, I guess the the piece about corporates being slow. I just I sort of love that line. And and you mentioned, you know, growing the 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 company to to you know whatever whatever you mentioned there, sort of one hundred and sixty staff or something like that. Is that something that sort of naturally comes when you grow a company that you know there are more processes, there are more staff, things start to slow down, and and you did mention that value of jumping the curb. Are there any other ways that you've sort of tried to make sure that the culture stays that sort of nimble, agile, sort of tech, sort of startup culture, even as you've gotten a lot bigger? I I would say, look, we've made some mistakes on the way, right? Like we've you think that you need to do all this all this all this process and have all these managers and and all this sort of stuff to manage the people and. You just need to make sure that you're really empowering people at all levels and have really, really like really, really talented people and give them a lot of like direction and then free reign to go and actually produce. I think, you know, it's easy to go, oh, we've got, you know, this many people, you need another management layer and another management layer, and then you have unproductive management layers. And so what we realize is it's really important that even management layers layers still, for example, if you're in CS, you're a manager in the CS team looking after, say, four or five CSNs. They need to be managing customers, seeing customers. You know, I'm chief customer officer. I'm out there managing customers, seeing customers. You know, I'm not just a sit, a, sit inside and, you know, move chess pieces around a board. You know, Millen speaks to customers. So I think it's really important that, like, you just empower the team to get on and everyone's actually on the tools. Yeah, no, I just think, um, yeah, it's just, it's just I, I agree with what Chris has said. It's just, um, yeah, really about trying to, I think also trying to 
to hold on to that early startup magic, you know, where people are really hustling and being creative and finding ways to um, get deals done. And, and um, you know, the challenges as, as you get really big is, um, you know, or, or get bigger and bigger is that uh, it's easy to, to lose some of that magic. And so we're working very hard to, um, you know, make sure that sticks in our culture and, you know, find people that are excited by, by being on that startup journey and excited by, you know, coming together and, and building something amazing together um, because it's, it's very easy to, to lose that, that culture as you scale up. Uh, what's been the biggest challenge you faced um, through the journey so far? Has it been funding? Has it been getting the right people in? Um, what's it been? I might start with you, Chris. Personally, it's focus. Um, I think it's 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 challenging when there's all these little nuggets of revenue pockets that you want to chase because obviously you're trying to grow revenue, but you're also trying to grow your product maturity. And it's it's a real fine balance between, hey, we're going to try and keep growing revenue, but also making sure that what we're building in the product is actually really, really well built and it's deep enough in a particular vertical, for example. Um, and so it's just making sure that you don't scattergun too much and come back from a sales meeting and go, oh, we need this particular feature. Let's just pivot and start building that. And then we'll pivot and start building this. So I think probably the, the, the biggest thing I've learned is that focus, really focus on prioritizing. This is what we're going to be building this quarter or whatever it is. And then let's stick to that and, and really have that focus. Yeah. And, and for me, I would... Um... I would say that the biggest challenge is, yeah, just like I've been talking about already, but just around um, finding really talented people who are really excited about about your 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 mission. Um, and you know, it's it's very easy to 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 recruit people, but it's very very hard to find those unicorns that uh, have the right skill set, have the right attitude, and are genuinely excited about. Um, the journey you're on because if you can find a company uh, full of those types of people then um, you can really do amazing things really quickly and so um, that's um, that that's a real challenge and we've been really really lucky in our company to to find um, many many of those unicorn types and uh, uh, it's served us really well so far yeah definitely and and looking towards the the rest of the year and into the future um, you know, what are the plans? What what's sort of the the goal for first AML? Where would you like to be in five years, in ten years' time? Yeah, so um, the sort of immediate goal is is really to continue growing in our in our current market. So New Zealand, Australia, and UK is a market we launched uh, earlier this year, and it's it's going really well so far. And so it's a much bigger market than uh, Australasia, and so we're very excited about being in a in a really large market um, and uh, scaling up the team there. So, you know, the, the short-term term goals is, is getting getting those markets working really well. Um, yeah, long-term, we have this vision of um, being the world's fastest and most trusted provider of customer onboarding experiences. And, um, you know, what that means is, is, is really building something where, you know, AML, KYC, processes can be completed in minutes not weeks and um and we have you know a novel approach to um to kyc which chris alluded to earlier in the call around um sort of the reuse of previous kyc credentials 
and this is a, a real game changer in our industry and and we are the only company we're aware of that is approaching kyc quite like this and and so if we can pull that off at scale then we have um you know something something quite remarkable in, in the next 10 years yeah, fantastic. And 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 to to the question that I always finish this podcast with, and I'll get you each to answer this. But what's your silver bullet for business success? And and as we mentioned before, it doesn't have to be a practice that's specifically related to business. Could be a mindset or a philosophy. Um, you know, essentially, what it, what do you think you've done differently that's allowed you to to succeed uh, so far? Um, so I would I would say just start moving. I think I think a lot of people get paralysis by analysis. And I honestly think there's a lot of smart people out there with a lot of great ideas, but they're just, they think about things just far too much and they don't take a first step. You've just, the, the, the term MVP, minimal viable product, it really does mean what is the minimal viable thing that we can push to market to start assessing the traction and to start figuring out, is that right? Is that not right? What, you know, how do we tweak this? How do we get more customers off the back of that? Because if you just sit in a room and just ponder things for too long, you don't move, you miss opportunities. So for me, it's really about just take that first step and, and give things a go and assess, assess, assess. And it's that minimum viable product. I think people get too caught up on getting things perfect before actually giving it a go. Yeah. Um, it's, it's awesome that Chris gave that answer as well because I was going to give something very similar actually. <laughs> you know, I, I think the reason for our success is that we got out and started speaking to customers and almost before we even had anything we we would we would start speaking to customers and figuring out what their pain points were and you know it was maybe somewhat of a result of um us being non non-technical co-founders um we couldn't just lock ourselves in a room and start writing code and that was kind of a blessing in a way because it forced us to to go out really learn about the pain point get customer feedback and validate quite quickly that there was a, a market for our for our solution and so I think that remains the biggest um, learning and the biggest piece of advice to um, to you know others wanting to become entrepreneurs is, is there's no substitute for just you know going out and speaking to customers as soon as you can and um, not just locking yourself in a room for a year and, and you know trying to build something that you don't know the market actually wants. I was going to yeah. say, you just, got, you just got to think about, am I actually adding value to the person that's going to be giving me the money? Do you know what I mean? Because I just think like we saw quite a few companies that, you know, in cohorts of us starting our business, which, you know, had these pretty flashy looking products and I don't, you know, I don't know where they are today. You know, it's just because they thought it was perfect. But, you know, if you're not out there testing things constantly, you just don't know. Yeah, that practical side of things is is really interesting and great advice for anyone you know looking to get into entrepreneurship or business. Um, anyway, Chris Milan, thank you so much for taking the time to have the chat today. Cool, thanks so much. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs>